Sound Pollution. This is episode 44. This week I have the honor of interviewing Adam. He's going to be talking about his recent album release that he did fully on his own. Sobriety, his inspirations, what got him started in music and all that good stuff. I don't really have any other updates at this point, so we're just going to launch right into the episode. All right, everybody, I am here with Adam. Adam, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners of Sound Pollution? All right. right. Um, so definitely my name is Adam. Um, I guess if we're going to go off of like a little bio with music, we'll go with the basics. I'm 29 years old. I'm a male from Cleveland, Ohio. And I think I started playing drums when I was younger and then uh, for lots of bands. And then I decided... Uh, I want to start writing my own music, so I had to do that with piano, and that kind of leads me up today, and there's uh, some other things in between, but I think that's a good bio to start with. Okay, so you started with drums when you were younger. Uh, Was that your initial, okay, I'm going to try music, or was there more of like, that kind of came about when you started playing piano? Definitely the drums. So my parents told me, like, we got to get this kid something to hit on that isn't like the walls or whatever i they didn't want me hitting so then they bought me like you know baby's first drum set and it was like this tiny little plastic thing i don't know i guess maybe it was just something that like i just needed to do and then i never stopped doing it and i realized like i can make noises and then uh yeah i just kept playing like ever since i was nine and uh i thought that's what i was gonna do till i died honestly i just thought i'd be a drummer yeah i still am what was it about the drums that was so, I mean, other than not hitting people, what was it about, or walls or inanimate objects, what was it about the drums that you found so enticing? I think it was punk first, because punk had like this energy, and I think I just had a lot of energy as a kid. So it wasn't like a violent thing that I needed to hit anything, but it was like, uh, well, when you when you hit something, obviously I like to hit stuff, but then I went from like that plastic kit to like hearing like my first drum head mm-hmm. that had like some oil in it and you could tune it. And then you've like just felt this like noise and you're like, I'm hitting something and there's a noise. So it's just like, so I, don't know, I guess like, that's when it clicked pretty much. And just, I don't know, I just kept hitting and it was like perfect. And then other people could play guitars over it. And it was like, but yeah, it was like, you know any kind of like punk music when you're younger and you just want to play shit really fast and that was like seemed like the best way to do it so what made you want to start playing piano i mean was it just to write music yeah like um i was kind of i i had a lot of ideas for uh, like how to i think write songs so the only way i was able to really get that across without just being I could write I could write songs just giving people directions and patterns with drums, but I couldn't really convey like that melody or like the emotion that I would have behind something like an idea. So it wasn't going to be guitar because like guitar is like just not it's just never it was never going to work. It never will. So I figured like, man, I I think I have like pattern and rhythm in my blood and it's not Mm -hmm. too far from uh, what you can do rhythmically like on a drum set that you can do on a piano so and by all means i'm not like a great pianist i guess maybe you call it but um i just needed some kind of tool to be able to like get those 
ideas out, I think. Was there a defining moment for you? I know you said like you just knew from drums on that that music was a thing for you. But was there like a defining aha moment where you were like there is no turning back? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't I don't remember. I mean, I do remember um, probably relatable stories of like maybe playing in front of people for the first time and like just that feeling you get that like, wow, this is like something other than Brandon and Jerry and Ryan are hearing like my bandmates or whoever in the room that other people are like listening to something that you probably thought about way too much. And I don't know. That was like one moment, I think. But then like most of it after that, I I believe maybe uh, some of my like drug use had an effect on that. But in general, it was just kind of like, this is just too good and a little too unexplainable, maybe. But yeah, just playing with other people is really cool. It's just like a nice way to connect when you both feel like a chord in a room. It's just like... It's the, it's like when you go to see like a live band for the first time and you feel like the the instruments like amplified and they like rattle your chest and they like burn your ears a little bit. It's like you can't wait to like go see another band, you know, like similar to that, maybe. It was similar to that, but you wanted to be on the stage. Mm, sure. Yeah. What do you like most about playing for people? I'm not entirely sure yet. I just know that. I just know that it makes me feel good whenever I'm able to do something that I really enjoy and that maybe somebody else is like enjoying it. Like I try not to be this like humble dude. And I also try to speak my mind about how I feel about stuff at the same time. But uh, more times than not, like um, it's always just been playing music at its face value. I'm not quite sure how else to answer it. I'm not sure. No, I think that's a fair answer. I mean, when you know, you know. If you knew at nine behind a drum set or the first time you played with somebody, it doesn't really matter. I just asked that question because I feel like everybody's answer is different and you did not disappoint. (laughs) Uh, Well, how old were you when you wrote your first song? uh, Maybe like 14 or 15 or something. It wasn't, I wouldn't really call writing it, but like assembling it the first time I think I had like whatever zoom recorder at the time and i was able to you know dub over track stuff and then uh it didn't take that long till i was like i don't think i hit puberty yet and i like you know tried to start singing over stuff and it was probably terrible but um i do remember like my cousin was like i'll never forget my cousin would go like he said he'd listen to my song for the first time and he's like looking over at my my older brother who played guitar and he's like he's getting it he's like he's he's on to something here and i was like what really you think i'm on to something with this like that's crazy so i think that was like some motivation outside of like me doubting the fact that like i still love to do it but somebody got enjoyment out of it so it was like oh sweet let's see if like maybe they enjoy something else you know that's the best part for personally somebody pay, somebody paid attention they paid attention and they and they got something from it I don't think there's a way to explain that to people unless they've done it. Yeah. Because you can't really say that it's it, it, it's a selfish thing, but it's also not really a selfish thing at the same time. It's hard to measure. It's hard to explain it. What are some of your personal inspirations uh, musically? 
I think a lot of people would reference like the Deer Hunter, uh, if you're familiar with them. And I definitely take a lot of inspiration from that. I, his name's Casey Crescenzo. But it, I took a lot of influence from him just because his music was not only rock oriented, which is mainly what like I've always been primarily interested in, but right. he, he tends to write. He calls them acts, so it's very like kind of theatrical rock. But he's not like he's not shy to do just about anything, even if it's something that like he doesn't believe he's going to be able to do at first. Because um, I always got really sick of like like radio hits and poppy mm-hmm. stuff. It just like never clicked with me, and I'm I don't really like hate on it. I just never it just never like struck a chord with me. So like that, and then like I think um, I listened to like some punkier stuff when I was younger, and then as I got older, I think I just started to maybe chill out a little bit. So like I don't really like Coldplay that much, but like I think a lot of people like would reference like a Coldplay kind of vibe somewhere where it's just kind of like maybe an ambient, simpler sound. Yeah, yeah, easier. I think more of like. When I hear, I mean, I hear that with your stuff, but I also kind of hear like more of an indie sound underneath that, like I like more of like a postal service kind of vibe, which made me, which actually made me want to interview. Not gonna lie, huge fan. Uh, I was like, that has it has that. It's still rock, but it has that something else to it that kind of makes you stop and pay attention. Was there an artist that you heard from the first? that you were like oh my god i have to do that was there a concert you saw anything like that i can't really pinpoint one but i do remember growing up and being taken to a festival my parents called a live festival which was in ohio it was kind of like more center rural ohio but it was a rock oriented festival it was like a christian festival um my parents are kind of religious so I was just exposed to a lot of like kind of rockier sounding stuff. And uh, I, d- I can't really, like I said, pinpoint like one because at that time it was a festival. So I would be seeing like four to 12 to 15 p- bands per day. So I just heard, you know, within that realm, I was able to hear all these different bands at once. And it was just like the coolest dang like you just didn't i didn't really care if like there was people next to you like pushing you or moving you or if it was like this sad kind of like sway it was just like you could just watch these dudes that were like really stoked to be like playing whatever the hell they were working on with but i didn't really understand it at the time i just thought like man this is like so different than like waking up and like going to school and figuring out what you're gonna do to like make money from your chores or whatever you know it was just like a it was kind of a cool escape really like an eye-opening moment yeah you can't really get it anywhere else it's pretty it's pretty different i think i felt the same way at my first rave but that's that's another story yeah yeah it was like man it was like i was on you know i had friends that were djing there and it was in the middle of nowhere and they had like complete control over this sea of people that they'd never even met. And yeah. I was like, yeah, man, if you can do that with any type of music, I can totally see the draw of that. 
Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like quirky just to think like, oh, man, these are just like some vibrations that are like affecting my life or whatever, like minuscule way to downplay it. But it's like just the truth. Like I almost I almost really wouldn't care too much if like people knew who I was doing it. But at the same time, if you know that you're like responsible for like making somebody happy in that moment, like that's like a little bit cooler than like holding like the door open for somebody at like the supermarket or whatever, you know? (laughs) So I'm going to jump into your recent album, Like a Cannibal. Why don't you tell them about that? Or Cannonball. I read that wrong. Let me try that question again. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say Cannonball? <laughs> that is hilarious. I'm gonna start calling I write that. I write like a three year old. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna leave this in. I'm an idiot, listeners. <laughs> a cannibal. I'm so sorry. I actually listen to every single track, but I write like a like a toddler. So. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, I didn't even catch it because it sounds very close when you have this like skype 180 kilobyte per second quality coming at you well, it looks even closer when you write it like i do um all right so uh so well the name like a cannibal is from a lyric in the song um but just like as simple as it sounds is, is to like eat one's own i guess if you could put it um, but the whole the whole idea behind even writing or recording or any of these songs was basically just because I wanted to do it. Um, but the whole theme of it was, I guess I should just put some thoughts out on the paper, like as far as lyrics go, like I, I needed to write a little bit about like what the past 10 years of my life have been like. And most of it was just day in day out using some sort of drug to either make myself feel better or get past withdrawals or so it's very much just me writing about addiction and what it was because that's really I didn't really know what else to write about that's all my life was for 10 years so the whole album is very themed on like drugs and alcohol um so it's a little darker it's not like it's not like uplifting. It's not going to be your Christian station favorite. <laughs> That's okay. You're in good company with that. Um, so, I mean, it's is it okay to ask? I know we talked about it privately, like before we started the interview, but is it okay to say how long you've been clean? Yeah, um, I got clean. I've been clean. Oh, like, why don't I know this? Let me check my calendar. Uh, <laughs> so I got clean on the 8th of March 2018 so it's been like three years and three months something like that and didn't this come out almost exactly two years later oh I re- I did release it on uh three years clean so this came out like in March of this okay. year that had to be like both emotional and celebratory that you wrote about your experience and then you released it at a like a sobriety mark, I guess, for lack of another term. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of emotional for you to put that out? Yeah, like it was coming up and it was just kind of like happened to f- fall there. And like I had toyed around with it like the year before that. But I, I, I wasn't really like going to just put out whatever. Um, but I just had like all this stuff that I just 
I mean, through COVID, like I wasn't around a lot of people. I'm sure like other people were. So I had all this time to myself and it just kind of lined up. So, yeah, I felt like, I don't know, it was like always something I wanted to do was just be able to like put out an album just to be able to say I could do it, <laughs> whether it was good or bad. But it was like, a, like what do you call that? A sour sweet moment. What the hell is that called? Bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Bitter sweet. Bittersweet moment. Yeah, yeah. Cannonball. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about. And like I said, we're gonna talk about two tracks. But out of the two tracks, this is my favorite. And I, when I listeners, I always listen to everything that an artist sends. I started on track one. I kind of did the same thing with, with Stacking Pennies, too. I started on track one, and before I knew it, the album was almost over. I listened to the whole fucking thing. But this track is my favorite. I love the way you use nature to explain this individual's or yours, I guess, you know, what they were going through. It's called Pollen Strike. Tell me more about that. Pollen Strike is, yeah, like you said, it's like using nature to to describe well so pollen so striking pollen i guess like to be on strike is to to almost not want to be a part of maybe looking at why your own life or somebody else's life is the way it is and like not feeling compassionate for it so i do use a little like obscure it's kind of vague i guess but in general, like I think, like I'm trying to remember the lyric for the chorus. Um, why can't the Why can't the earth spread love like this? So it's just like outright saying and wishing in the back of my mind that like people would just be more compassionate to maybe not not understand, but just I don't know, show compassion or at least at least nod your head and pretend understand. That yeah. Sympathy versus empathy kind of deal there. Like the trees in the springtime. Yeah, exactly. Everything's kind of going to have a cycle with that. So it just makes sense to, (laughs) but it it ties in a little bit to like how I felt during like a certain moment in my life with it because uh, I, I, well, it was stimulants at that point. So there was a lot of up and downs with the stimulant use. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of times that you feel spiritual when you're actually just really dead inside. So Mm -hmm. it was like a self-reflection that I tried to like put out into words because thinking about a lot of those times when you were that like fuzzy and you felt like you were on top of the world and realizing back on it that you were so dead, you just kind of, I don't know, like I guess maybe I felt sorry for myself a little bit in that moment.
nature to explain how God this is going to sound super hippie like but to explain how like we all interact and our vibes interact with each other and our feelings interact with each other and you know what are you breathing in what are you getting off people as that's what I got from it I love it I actually listened to it before we started the interview and I was like oh yeah this song (laughs) so good Uh. definitely sits along the lines of me being very interested in mushrooms as of lately because it's uh like a lot of that culture ties around just in in a lot of like you said like hippie culture and stuff it's just it is hippie dippy stuff but it's it's it's, also it's true it's very like basic human function to just just not be so stressed out all the time or not take life so seriously, I guess. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think the quote unquote rat race or the get all the money you can and do all these things you want to do and this and that and the other, it, it dolls down the spirit in a lot of ways. And there's like, I'm trying not to sound like a crazy person, but it's true. Like, I don't think our bodies, we're built for this, not actually how we were built to survive. And I think living like what is socially acceptable is in a socially acceptable way to live makes us sick. I mean, I think, you know, it can cause somebody to have anxiety, can cause somebody to drink too much because it's just not how we were supposed to live. Yeah. I think everybody probably fights fights with that at one point. Like you wonder why the hell, you have to go to work and you have to feel like you're only given so many certain circumstances because of what cards you were dealt. So it's like everybody wants to toy around and like uh, push that shit away. Like you don't want to face a lot of that emotion, but so I don't know, but it is very like basic way to think about it. And it's just, but it's often just extremely overlooked. I feel like. Yeah. I think, I think we're getting better though. As a society, I hope I find more people are going back to, man, we are not supposed to just, you know, work 40 hours a week and then die and feel like mm-hmm. crap the whole time. That's not what we're supposed to do. And yeah, I think those generations below us are starting to push up a little bit. Yeah, it's like that's enough now. Obviously, that didn't work. So what about disconnected, which it just like tell me about disconnected. Disconnected is like the only song that I hadn't really written about myself or didn't really reference myself in it. But although it is coming from my perspective, but Disconnected is a song about my younger brother. Uh, He's like a couple years younger than me, but he has a lot of mental health problems is kind of like I had um, and still do have, I guess, if you're a recovering addict, you're kind of still in that. But. Um, but his is different, and so the song was to put in very like, to to kind of spell out the fact that what he was going through I understand, but I also 
don't quite understand at the same time and how frustrating that must have been for other people to see me go through that and not get it when I was continuing to cycle through destructive behavior. So now I'm seeing my brother do the same thing and getting frustrated and probably throwing out the same insults that maybe my brothers or my friends or my enemies said while I was going through something difficult at the same time. Has he heard the song? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's heard the song. I don't think he understands that it's about him necessarily, but um, now. <laughs> he probably would. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, just like shots at like the way that our family acts that are in there. That's like pretty you could probably pick up on. Like I know my older brother picked up on it. Uh, he was even like, man, you beat me to it. He's like, I wanted to do a song like that about him. But uh, yeah, it's not like meant to uh, like put him in the spotlight or anything. Um, I didn't like, it's, I don't mention his name or anything like that. But uh, it's like you just feel bad about it because you you hear the way that he's going about it with his mental illness, and you wish something better. And then you also you have these times where you get over the frustration and you just feel terrible about it. And you can only talk so much about it that like all of a sudden, like me and in the way that I love like sadder music, it's like the perfect thing to do. Like I can just like create my own feeling out of it. So that's another question. What's it like to have a brother who's also a musician? It's awesome. Is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Do you guys play a lot together ever? Are you practice together, especially like over the pandemic when we couldn't really interact with many people? Surprisingly, no. He doesn't really play as much as he used to. Like we grew up playing. Uh, he was a guitarist. I was the drummer. So, you know, we would learn. We'd play like Green Day songs and shit when we were really young. And then we would play in two bands after that. Mm-hmm. And then um, he he's a really good guitarist. He just like... He's just liked other stuff, too. So, like, he kind of went and uh, did his own thing, like, in New York for a while. Kind of stopped playing. I don't know if he's touched his guitar in a while, but uh, he's he's really good. Yeah. But it was really fun. It was, like, encouraging. You didn't... But he showed me a lot of music. He's He's responsible for, like, introducing me to a lot of stuff that, like, I piggybacked off of and got into, like, rock music in general. He's definitely, like, the big reason.
So we have a little more time than I anticipated, probably because we spent an hour talking before I recorded um, about nothing that we're going to air. Sorry, listeners. Um, Can I ask you about one more song? Is it okay to play another song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what? Tell me about Evergreen. Evergreen is a song, again from my perspective, but it's more of like the brash reality of okay, I'm now, I've got so many days clean, and I'm I'm realizing that life. They talk about the pink cloud when you get clean, which is like, um, like you're just kind of in awe at the fact that like you're not doing the same thing you were just doing for the past however long. So I'm in that like pink cloud stage, but I'm also like faced with this reality that like these people that I'm getting to know in my life are, they're not all going to make it. And I might not even make it because like a lot of people um, that are addicts, like more than not, like they don't make it, they die of the disease. So it's like a big reflection on that. So evergreen is kind of like the forest that you see that is very beautiful that can get hit with a, wildfire and it just turned very like completely opposite in an instance you seem to use a lot of nature in in your your lyrics and your lyrics are very poetic is that just how you've always written or is that something you tried new on this album wasn't even quite sure i was like going for that but i i guess when i do write a lot of songs they they earlier ones started with and I can't think of the damn word but it's a word used to describe something. It's not just me. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> Another hold on we're gonna we're gonna erase all of this this final word. It's not <laughs> metaphor. No, you're right. It is metaphor. It is oh my metaphor. god. Well, never mind. <laughs> like it was that simple. You can leave yep. that if you want. I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's metaphor. But like, and I think a lot of people probably like. I know a lot of people that like. You can't quite spell it out for people because that's no fun. And then you can't quite be super vague. So like metaphors tend to be that nice way of like giving you a welcome into like trying to figure out what it is you're talking about if you want to be a little secretive about it. So, like, the metaphors were always an easy outlet to get my point across, and I I don't really know why nature tends to come up. I think you're the first person to point this out, honestly. (laughs) Just evergreen and pollen strike. You use it in little ways throughout the entire album. Those were some kind of of the later stuff that I think I did, and that point in my life, which wasn't that long ago, maybe like a year ago, I just started getting into, like, foraging and mushrooms and being outside and realizing like damn like my body really benefits from this so maybe that had something to do with it i'm not quite sure
did it take you to write this? Did it take the full three years or did you sit down? You were like, I'm going to do this in this period of time. Well, I never intended to like do the album. It was all just, I would write a song and then like, sometimes I'd share it. Sometimes I wouldn't through wherever, maybe it's like social media or something, but it wasn't until I was like, you know, I got to stop just sharing this because like, I, I feel like I'm on a roll of just getting one done at this point. And I like want to power through it. Cause it has always been a goal. Um, I think since I got clean, like I had, I would talk to my sponsor about, uh, he would ask me like goals that I want to do in my life. And, and like, you'd like write an album. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, that's bullshit, man. Like, you got to write down something that's going to happen. And you were like, nope, this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and like, although I, I believe that writing an album is probably considered like a big accomplishment maybe Ooh. it doesn't feel like you know this big behind the world you know like i don't have a label behind me it was just something that like, i just at one point i was just kind of on maybe an autopilot mode and i was go oh, like let's just it's either now or never whether it's good or not like it just least maybe you can get 12 songs on a cd or something well you did it do you have any advice you would give the new musician or the musician who wants to finally sit down and write that album? I guess I guess I could give it advice, but I'll try to maybe just nutshell like how I went about doing it. How, however, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. So like I said, like I wasn't really going for the album. At some point it clicked. But in order for me to be able to do this, I needed to a I need an instrument that made some melody. So once you once you can make like some uh, pitch and noise other than just like a drum beat, you're good. But drums are nice, too. Uh, so at that point, like I had already gotten into 
collecting recording gear and figuring out like Logic Pro and other programs and plugins. So instead of having to rely on somebody else to carve out their time to help you with something, like I just kind of, it was just a... So um, learning how to record. Yeah, I mean, it's not the only way, but I was able to be very, I could... I owned the schedule, you know, so I could do it. If I was feeling like I had this idea in my head at four in the morning, I'd just go in the other room and I would knock it out. So, yeah, I think that's important. And it's not hard to do these days. Like, no, it's gotten easier over time, which is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, definitely. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> Before I let you go, do you have any social media you would like to shout out? Uh, any way people can buy your music, your band camp, all that? Yeah, though, you could go to my website, which is just poorconyer.com, and that, I believe, just kind of defaults to, like, my band camp. Yes, and that's um, P-O-O-R-C-O-N-U-R-E.com. Yeah, poor Conyer. Conyer, like the bird. It's, uh, it's kind of nature modeled. Again. Yeah, <laughs> that was nature in my room. That was my actual bird. I did the, I had a buddy that I went to high school with who did the art, uh, uh, Mike, and he kind of just took a real picture of me that had my Conyer sitting on my back. She was the one that I kind of abused during my addiction. So that's where the name or Conyer comes through. And like, I forever feel like I tortured that bird because I was hung over or trashed or feeling like shit in my room or whatever it was. So, uh, but yeah, you can go to poorconyer.com, get it there or like, uh, I don't know, everywhere, like Spotify and like YouTube, but you don't have to pay for it. You know, like I do other stuff, too, obviously, because it's not craziest music in the world. (laughs) It's really good. Stop. I'm just in the stage where I'm trying to gather musicians that are in the area that want to start playing them out. So my goal is kind of instead of working with another band to get this together and try to conflict ideas, I would write music. And then I'd ask you, do you like this? Do you want to play it? And then like there's no ifs, ands or buts. Um, uh, Yeah. So I'm just waiting for people to try to hop on board. I want to thank you again for being on Sound Pollution, Adam. I really appreciate you. Raynell, thank you very much. This is kind of unexpected, but an unexpected gem, really. Aw, thank you. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for stopping by Sound Pollution this week and having a listen. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Adam again for agreeing to be on the show. Please make sure you drop down into that description section and show him some love on his Bandcamp page and his website page. As always, please like, follow, and subscribe to Sound Pollution on whatever listening platform you are using and social media as well. Be love and make some noise. Bye.